speed like you've never seen before. Call me crazy, but he's not going to win. What? What? This is NASCAR. This is the Behind the Wall podcast brought to you by Behind the Wall Media, your source for all things NASCAR. Bringing you the weekly NASCAR news with a comedic edge and a hot side of cold takes. The Behind the Wall podcast with your hosts, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. Now, pull those belts tight and hit the gas. You got a jet black heart and a pair of eyes that look a lot like paradise. I was a fool to listen and a fool to listen twice. You look a lot like heaven, but kind of hurts like hell. You got a jet black heart, but you're doing very well. It's about the Wall Podcast, episode 87. I'm Henry Hobbs. Speed. Why are we playing it again? <laughs> That's the second second week in a row, or I guess well, it's been two weeks since our last podcast. But the the theme song wants to just sit there and repeat, which is fine if you guys want an hour of just straight theme. But uh, I, say, I um, wouldn't mind that. You know, it's it it's a good, good one. It is. But for I some reason, sleep to that. It's, I was it was blowing my ears out. I had to turn my uh, turn my volume down. It, I'm pretty sure my ears are screaming right now. Steve Everett just doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. Uh, but yeah, Jay, uh, Jay Young's back. I'm it's back. just us two this week. Uh, Mr. Tectonic has been tectonicing around the uh, Chessfield area. Yes, sir. How's it been? Tectonicing. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a whole new world for me, but I'm getting adjusted to it. Um, yeah, I, I would say the past. I haven't been focused on. NASCAR really racing the past few weeks. I feel like I've missed a lot. Um, I haven't watched. I haven't watched a race until yesterday's race for a while, and uh, I totally forgot about SRX too. We got SRX race. I'm losing track of time. It's already July, almost July. I feel like May. I feel like May was yesterday. So it's. I don't know about you. You're older than me, Hobbs, but. <laughs> And I feel like the older I get, the faster it goes by. Buckle up because it's, uh, I was so used that that first summer after graduating college, I, I, I've been conditioned to enjoy the summers and have that summer internship. And then, you know, end of August rolls around, I'm going back to school. So I like can kind of check down the days till I don't have to get up at 8 a.m. every morning. However, you just start trucking into September and it really sucks. But, uh, I feel like, and I've come up with this whole idea in my head about the way the year's laid out. I think March through uh, March through August 31st or 30th, whatever, I don't know which one it is, um, those are the fastest months of the year. And then any, any month that ends in a burr, like a BER, those are the longest months. Everything else is just kind of like, eh, like January, February, it's whatever, but yeah. Like September, October, November, December, the longest months of the year. And I hate those I hate those months so much. See, I don't because it's a fun time of year and it, and and good weather and all that, but I have to agree it definitely takes it takes longer. Um it's definitely a busier time of year, I think. 
I mean, a s- 70 degrees in the spring is way different from 70 in the fall. And yeah. 70, for the, 70 in the fall just makes me depressed. I see. I like the fall. You know, I like. I don't like the crisp. I like the humidity. I, I like that, though, because, you know, it's you just gone through a long, hot, uh, humid, dreary. Not dreary, but, it's you know, summer is great and all. I love summer, but, you know. At, at the end of August, September, you're just tired of summer and the, Never. the cool nights, the campfires, getting in your camo, getting in the woods, Thanksgiving, football, fantasy, NASCAR playoffs. What's not to love about fall? Okay, well, I've got a hot take. I know we haven't done hot takes in a while, but I think Thanksgiving is the most overrated holiday of the year. It's it's literally just food. Like I love the family aspect <sighs> yeah. of it, but the food is overrated. Like I don't understand the people who lose their minds I over agree. turkey and gravy. I agree. And like and uh and cranberry jelly that comes out of a can. Like don't, why are you getting your panties in a wad over food? I 100% agree with that. And to me it's not really that I don't like Thanksgiving because I'm not a, like the Thanksgiving side of things, to me, I agree. It's the food. It's the fact that they place so much emphasis on turkey and stuffing and all of that. Where it's like turkey, half the time, it's dry as heck. Yeah. The stuffing just makes it even drier. You got to yep. dump gravy all over it to get it down your throat. Uh, cranberry, yeah, cranberries out of the can, overrated. The best thing about, look, I mean, I got a sweet tooth. Best thing about Thanksgiving is the desserts, no question. But, you know, I disagree. It's, best it's, the best part about Thanksgiving is just getting absolutely hammered. Yeah, yeah. And then try not to act hammered around the uh, the rest of the family. <laughs> going for walks with your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it just so happens we've got vodka shooters in the car. You want to go for a little walk around the block? <laughs> you get back, and your grandma's like, "Why? Where have you, where have you guys been for four hours? Oh, just on a walk." So, uh, question for you now: Do you have two Thanksgivings in one day? Or do you have multiple Thanksgivings to begin with? No. Uh, so I've got family in Richmond. I've got family in Alabama. And uh, we used to switch the Thanksgivings. We do every other year. Um, but we've gotten to the point now where I'm, the mom, my mom's side of the family, they just, we, everyone's older on that side. So they, you know, they've got their own family. So we don't go down to Alabama anymore for Thanksgiving. Uh, so it's always in Virginia. And, you know, it's just the classic, like, 4 o'clock uh, eat dinner and, you know, hate life after cause you're so stuffed. Uh, and then watch some mediocre football. Yep. I mean, I'm just, I'm tired of, I will say the football, you know, everybody thinks Thanksgiving football, but honestly, I'm tired of seeing the Cowboys every year. I'm tired of seeing the, Lions. the Lions. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't understand why they have to play on Thanksgiving every year. It just doesn't make sense. I want, if you're going to give me Thanksgiving football, it needs to be prestigious it needs to be good elite matchups. It needs to be like Super Bowl level. Like yeah. honestly, they should do like a a rematch of the previous year's Super Bowl or like mm-hmm. a, the best game of last year again this year. Like the, I'd I'd watch the Bills and Chiefs play primetime on Thanksgiving. That'd be awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I don't know how we ended up on Thanksgiving, but we did have a uh, a rainy race. Speaking of fall weather, um, you know this. I don't know if NBC started off on the right foot this weekend. It really seemed like NASCAR was put on the back burner uh, in terms of programming. Um, I mean, I, I'm all for races that kind of transition into the night, but 
I don't know. I like having uh, the LPGA and IMSA uh, higher up on the uh, the the uh, the ranking of the sports that they wanted to air um, on on Sunday was it was disheartening on their end. Uh, you know, you can't control Mother Nature, but you know, having starting a cup race at five p.m. is is just it's no good. Uh, second gripe with NBC so far this season is you know the pre and post race show on Peacock is such a it's such a bad move. Like I'd almost not even have I almost almost rather not have a pre race show than to put it on a streaming service that you have to pay for. I have no issue with jumping on Peacock if you can throw your uh, throw your cable login information on there and you just watch it on your phone. But the fact that you have to pay $5 a month to watch that crap. And uh, I, I will shout out Josh because he mentioned today that, you know, from a business standpoint, it makes sense because people, some people want to see, actually a lot, a lot of NASCAR fans want to watch practice qualifying pre post race show. But I don't know if those events are intriguing enough for you to spend $5 a month um, to, to watch it. And a lot of people, you know, they have smart TVs, but, you know, the odds that they are able to get Peacock on their TV is so slim and it's so much, it, you know, the whole streaming, I, I can go on and on about how much I hate the different streaming apps now, uh, but having to switch your TV from cable to Peacock and then do that. And then you're on a delay and yada, yada, yada. It, it was, it was such a fail on that end. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I hated, I hated that introduction and NBC is usually pretty solid. They have good coverage, but they, it, they are, they, they are not on the right track this season. I'll be honest with you. I'm not much of a, I'm not much of a pre-race show kind of person. I'm really not much of a pre-game like in all sports in general, except for maybe a few select games. I'll watch a pre-game or pre-race show. So from that perspective, uh, it didn't really affect me that much. But I will definitely say, with the timing of the race, you know, I understand that, you know, they wanted to get in a certain market by uh, changing to a five o'clock race. But at the same time, um, I'm an advocate for earlier races. Um, I understand that, you know, with the market, with the market of NASCAR growing, there's a lot of fans on the West Coast. Um, however, this, you know, this wasn't a West Coast race. Um, I think the race should have started around like three. Uh, that seems to be the default starting time for most races now, unless they're on the West Coast is is three. So I think NBC, they were definitely chasing, chasing dollar bills there, uh, which I understand, you know, they're, they need to make their funny. The uh, craziest thing is that it didn't pan out. The ratings were horrific. Yeah. And the rain, rain played into it, but mm-hmm. you know, Xfinity outperformed Cup Series. Yeah. With uh, when they made the switch to USA, uh, they were outperformed by the Cup Series or the Xfinity Series, which is ridiculous. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing to consider is I don't know what time America's Got Talent was supposed to start, eight nine. or nine. But even so, you know, four hours, that doesn't give you a huge window. I understand it wasn't a, necessarily a long race um, as far as the actual length of it, but I feel I still feel like four hours is it, it might be cutting it. Um so I don't know how I feel about that. I definitely agree with you on the Peacock thing. Um, you know, I'll say I, I'm not paying for it just because, you know, I don't see the value in it for myself. Yeah. Um, I, I usually can get most of the information I need at a pre-race show by looking on Twitter. Uh, I mean, just to be completely honest or you yeah. know, checking on Bob Pockers and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, 
I'll miss NBC NBCSN for sure. But I will say um, the actual coverage of the race was very, very nice. I have mixed feelings about NBC because, you know, I, I, I know Fox got a lot of crap this past year, and I think some of it was deservedly so. Maybe not necessarily in the booth, but definitely uh, their production-wise. Production yeah, yeah production-wise. Uh, I know I kind of gave him a lot of crap about missing cautions, and now that, in retrospect, I understand that it's, it's impossible to predict. Um, but, uh, I definitely think I like a three man booth better. Um, just so from that perspective, I just feel like four is just too many voices. Um, and I don't really feel like having two drivers really adds much because, and not to hate on Jeff Burden, but Dale Jr. is, was, is the most recent guy to drive one of these cars. So I think. I think Jeff Burton should take over a role kind of like Larry McReynolds does for Fox. Yeah. Um, but you know, well, sound too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to like really know like who's like the voice of each of those guys. I mean, Rick Allen is Rick he, Allen is awesome. I love Rick. Like Allen. Steve, Steve Letarte, uh, Dale Jr. And Jeff Burton, they all like, if you're not paying attention, they all sound the exact same. Like you have to yeah. notice like the law of minute differences in their voice. I, I feel like I agree 100%. There needs to be a three-man booth, but it's just, it, it, it's lacking like the the iconic booth because, it's, I mean, they're split up into two different two different spots too. So like when you think of the booth, you think of like, holy cow, like who's, like, you know, Dell Jr., that's about it. But like you think of Fox and you got, you know, three iconic guys and it's been a little, it's been shaken up the past two years, but um I will say the the uh, coverage that they did was pretty good, and uh, especially the part about you know NASCAR fans have had these questions now. You know we're half halfway through the season, and we're just finding out now why loose lugs are becoming an issue. And I have to say, like that was a great thing for me to see because I was kind of part of the thing, like you know, like why is this even happening? Like you don't see this in other sports, like that have single lug wheels. Like this this seems wrong. Like it shouldn't be happening. But now I realize that. You know, it's it's it falls on the teams because they're trying to get out in and out of the pit boxes as, as as fast as possible, and it's not necessarily a malfunction of the wheels. It's you know teams not making sure they get them on tight. Yeah, and I think Fox does a solid job of you know using that Fox cutaway car. And I, I don't, I remember it being a big deal in years past where the, you know they talk about you know what happens when you add tape to the car, like the aerodynamics when they introduce the. Uh, the uh, the brake ducts or the aero ducts and they you know they showed where the wind was going i don't remember seeing too much of the uh the cutaway car this year and i think that you know with the influx of you know fresh eyes on the sport the new cars i think you know larry mcreynolds would have thrived explaining that car um but i, I agree uh the uh you know broadcast wise and the, the you know the content that they have or the the experience that they bring when they are calling the race yeah, it's good. I think both both uh, both companies or both booths excel at that. You know, both. Uh, you know, I th- I'll give NBC the broadcast edge because I think they show a lot of solid action. Um, you know, Fox was really off this year, but you know the decision banking on both sides is is iffy. And uh, going back to what you're saying about America's Got Talent and you know four hours of a uh, four hour window in between. You know, it's. Because the last thing I want is for NASCAR to get booted to USA 
because they're running into the America's Got Talent window. You know, at, on Fox, you wouldn't see that unless it was a rain delay because the shows that follow the NASCAR race are usually like Family Guy and Simpsons and you know, America's uh, American Dad. Uh, so that obviously you can run into those, but having a, a big, like uh, a big game show or whatever, right after like another prime content deal, like I, you're really, they're really putting themselves up against a rock and a hard place. And I understand that it's probably a one week deal and then everything else is back mm-hmm. to three. But you know, what happens if you, you have that long red flag or whatever, like you're yeah. gonna, are you going to boot it or and, what, what's, and that's the, what's thing the plan? Was, you know, there was. I understand that they've made this decision what months in advance, but you know, there is a forecast uh, for possible weather, you know, so it's, it's, they are in the rock and a hard place and, and trust me, NASCAR and, and NBC, you know, they didn't want this to happen for sure. It's just yeah. unfortunate. Um, so that being said, you know, I still enjoy NBC. Um, you know, something about, I you know I love, uh, Mike Joy as well. He brings some of uh, some really cool, interesting uh, facts and ideas. But it's something about the way Rick Allen announces, especially and it's something about the uh, the playoffs too. He creates it so exciting, and it's just you know when there's a pass for the lead, a lead change, a driver's about to win, uh, a, a caution. Rick Allen just the way he announces it just makes you lean into the TV and. I don't know. I missed that. So, you know, I love Fox. I always will love Fox and their booth. I love Mike Joy. I will say I love the original booth a little more uh, than what it is now. But, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to having NBC as well. Yeah. Rick Allen excels, especially when there's he's a driver from Monterey, Mexico, is fixing to take the lead and coming out of turn four <laughs> i wish i wish he was uh, why can why couldn't suarez win this past week <laughs> <I don't, laughs> suarez <laughs> daniel suarez suarez all right so on the race itself uh i think a lot of people had some some mixed opinions about nashville super speedway uh i i enjoyed the race last year and I think a lot of it had to do with the, it was new and shiny. Like we cup had never been at the track. And there's this year where, you know, the first part mm. of a, actually I'll, I'll go and say, it, I was not interested the entire race. I was mm. more interested in my DraftKings lineup than I was watching the battles on track. I was more worried about, you know, Bubba Wallace moving through the field. Where's Michael McDowell at, uh, you know, is Chastain going to make it back up through the field? than I was on watching, you know, whatever was on track. And I, I don't, I don't know what the issue is. You know, I don't know if it's because uh, I thought the heat would have, you know, had these cars all over the place. But I mean, I think the racing got better as we moved into the uh, that second part after the rain delay. But, you know, I, even then, I, I both of us, we texted the next morning. I fell asleep. I woke up at like four in the morning to get ready for work or like six in the morning to get ready for work. I'm like, oh, I never saw who won the race. I'm like, I hope it was somewhat decent. Uh but I, I was I was never really super interested in this race, and I think that this is the first time this season where I was like this this race is, meh. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was something like I was looking forward to the race because I I thought the racing was decent last year, um, but it just didn't pan out the way I thought it would. It seemed like either I don't know if it it's just. I guess I was expecting it to race like other intermediates like Charlotte did, like Kansas, 
um, and it just didn't. So I think that was just a letdown for me in that respect. I got, I guess I just thought that next gen intermediate would make it, you know, race better. It's just different. I don't know. I can't really put my thumb on it or figure out what it is. Maybe it's the surface, it's concrete, or the turns, the banking. I don't really know. But the other thing I noticed when I was watching on TV is like, for some reason, the cars just look slow going around there too. I don't know what it is. Um, You know, and I don't know if it had to do with the tire that they brought. That was why we didn't get good racing in the daytime. Um, I don't know if there was a lot of tire fall off or not, but uh, yeah, it just didn't really, I mean, I like Nashville. I like, I like NASCAR being in the market of Nashville. I think they need to be in that market. Um, it looked like there was a decent crowd turnout and they even stayed, you know, throughout the night, which was great to see. But, um, you know, it's, I just don't think the track race is amazing. Uh, maybe, maybe next year when we're back, if we're back, um, they'll bring a different tire or the setups will be different. They'll have a little bit of notes from last year and racing will be different, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I think we need to be in Nashville, but maybe not this Nashville. Yeah, and I don't want to be too quick to, you know, throw off uh, throw off Nashville Super Speedway because I could e- this could easily be another you know Call of Duty Warzone type deal. We all got tired. We didn't like what we saw with uh, with Verdansk. We we're like, give us a new map that we get Caldera. Like yeah. we could be screaming, "Hey, we w- this isn't working. This isn't super exciting." So they send us to Fairgrounds, and then Fairgrounds is even worse. And we're like. We, we want to go back to uh, to the super speedway. Now, if we add one more race, I don't, I think it would be great for the national market, especially because there are few, I don't think there's a single, uh, single market or single city that has two viable cup series tracks. So if you had one cup race at fairgrounds and one at the super speedway, that would be solid. Cause I think Nashville definitely could, would benefit from two races. Um, but I don't, I, I'm not ready to throw the towel in on Nashville super speedway. Um, I'd like to see, you know, the trucks or Xfinity race at the fairgrounds just to kind of get an idea of where we're at with that type of racing before we make that jump. Um, but I mean, with that being said, I was not impressed whatsoever with the racing this weekend. No, I really wasn't. And, and like you said earlier, um, I was kind of part of that mix up where I didn't realize that the race, I didn't even know that the race hadn't been postponed, honestly. And that's that was partially my own fault. I kind of just tuned out of it when they were over the red flag and I forgot that to even check to see if it got postponed or not. So I was surprised when uh, I'm laying in bed about to fall asleep and I'm checking and the race is restarted and Chase Elliott's leading the race with like 30 to go. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? I thought for sure they'd postpone it. So I was, I was surprised by that. And that's also probably not a good thing when the most popular driver is, is about to win a race and and nobody's watching it yeah like the wording too because i looked up at the tv and uh i saw actually i saw on twitter that someone had posted a screenshot but it said uh if the race resumes tonight or if it resumes tomorrow at 11 or uh, at 12 p.m eastern and i'm like wait a second like what what is it like do we do we postpone or is it tonight or what the day like I've, i feel like nbc could have made it uh, a little better, but at the end of the day, like I was, I was on USA. I was watching the race, and I still fell asleep. And I, I love NASCAR. I love Chase Elliott's my favorite driver. So the fact that I wasn't able to stay away for that is is telling of the uh, the racing that we saw. But you know, uh, you, I think the 
I think the racing got better at night. Uh, I think that, you know, we're two straight years of, you know, blistering heat at Nashville. Why not give it a night race? You know, yeah. you can't, you can't take beer into the, you can't take a cooler full of beer into the track because Nashville super speedway wants to be different. They want to make more money and squeeze more money out of the fans. So why not just let them sit in the parking lot all day, drink as much beer as they want, and then go into the, uh, go into the track absolutely sauced on a Saturday night when it's going to be cool. And then just let them rock then because the racing is probably going to be better. So, uh, Eric Moses, if you're listening, Maybe, uh, maybe do that. Might be solid. I'm an advocate for as many night races as possible. I love the vibe of a night race. Yeah. Super, super bummed that Richmond isn't getting one this year. You know, another thing about that, what really grinds my gears about what NASCAR and the broadcast partners are preaching is that, you know, we, uh, we get better ratings on a Sunday at three night races just don't bring in the ratings but then they throw the crap on uh, USA or FS1 where you're only going to get, you know, 1.5 million viewers. If you were to put that on a Saturday night on Fox when or NBC when there's nothing going to be playing, it, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand because, you know, usually Fox doesn't have a, uh, at least I don't think so, uh, they don't have a, a, a you know, college football games on Saturday night because they have the big noon on Fox. So but, they- they probably have some kind of primetime baseball game, but I mean, still, it's. I think. I think especially these days. I mean, baseball is not bringing in a lot of viewership either no. these days. And I mean, you look at look at what NASCAR is doing. They're they're regularly the uh, the number one watch sport for the weekend. Uh, so I mean, that's that's something that really stuns me. That you know we they they sit there and they scream, "Oh, we want ratings." The the sweet spot is three o'clock on a Saturday but we're going to throw it on our second or inferior channel. That's only going to get half the viewers is, you know, putting it on NBC or Fox. And not only that, we might be getting too off topic here, but I think I want to push for more tracks to have lights, Um, not just for night race purposes, but also for the fact that, you know, like we saw this weekend, you know, if there's weather, it gives you more flexibility instead of having to postpone to the next day. Cause you go ahead. Well, I understand that for some tracks, it would be a large investment like Talladega. I I remember people asking, well, why doesn't Talladega have lights? Daytona has it. And there are issues with some of the tracks in their regions as far as, you know, having uh, power grid access and stuff like that. So I understand that not every track will be able to have lights. I understand, you know, road courses and stuff like that. But we could race in the rain at road courses. Um, yeah. I think every track getting added to the NASCAR circuit and every track that is currently on the circuit should have lights. Yeah. My, I mean, two mile tracks, I'll, you, I'll, that you can have a pass because I know it's, it's well, Sanford was looking at, has them, you know, it's well, yeah. yeah. Well, Sanford was looking at installing new lights and uh, it's, it's about $50,000 per pole mm-hmm. for lights. Uh, and then you've got to add the, uh, the, uh, the lights in the turn. So you know, that's a lot of money if it's a, if, if, if it's a Talladega or a uh, Michigan. Uh, but I feel like any, any track a mile and a half or less should definitely have, uh, of lights. Cause imagine a, a night race at Dover. Like, that'd be sweet. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think, I think another thing is, uh, tracks that have two dates, one of them should be a night race. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Richmond should have a night race. Phoenix yep. should have a night race. Um, you know, they've done that with Martinsville. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, 
Even but, if you shorten one of them, whatever. Just give yeah. us give us a night race. Like that's that's what the fans want. They want a Saturday night race. Especially, if they're going to the race. Yeah, you know, Kansas used to have a night race, especially when they were in a time of year where we're not competing with major sports like basketball and football. And, you know, there's no reason why we can't have prime time Saturday night, 7 p.m. start times with with night races, especially in the summertime when, you know, the weather is better for that type of racing. Yeah, I agree. All right. So speaking of weather, it's uh, it's going to be a scorcher this weekend in central Virginia. Uh, it is July, the 4th of July weekend. So what better way to ring in the uh, the best holiday of the year? We're talking about how bad Thanksgiving was, but 4th of July is the my favorite holiday uh, each year. Uh, so this week we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of July 4th moves. But before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, at fan cards our Mount Rushmore is brought to you by fan cards. If you're looking for a gift or debit card for your favorite college team, then you need to know about fan cards. They've got licensed gift and debit cards powered by MasterCard for over 25 of the biggest teams in college sports. Plus when you order a card and set up direct deposit, you're automatically entered to win tickets to see your team play. Send to myfancard.com to learn more. Once again, it's myfancard.com. Jay, I'm going to let you go first. What's uh, what's your number one move on the 4th of July? Hey, look, this is a no-brainer, but pool party. I mean, you, you should know better than anybody. Yeah. You're the host. Uh, if you want to come over Saturday, have at it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that is solid. I'm going to go with – I'm going to take it a step further. At the pool party, the best thing to do is drink a dangerous amount of beer. Yes. An American, an American amount of beer. Like you want to be, you want to drink so much beer that a Budweiser Clydesdale comes prancing onto your property and a bald Eagle comes down and lands on your shoulder. It's like this guy right here. This is freedom. Yes, absolutely. You want to create and and you got to get the red, white, and blue cans. If you don't, you're a communist. The red, white, and blue cans. Yeah. Or just like three different, like a Budweiser, Bud Light and Miller Light. Or, or I'm saying, like, you know, if they got, like, the, you know, the, the pack. Oh, the specialty. The yeah. specialty can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, obviously, you know, what what goes along with every good 4th of July party? You got to have your... Cigarettes. That... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to have... You got to have your burgers and franks, okay? It's just it, you're not. What are you gonna? What are you gonna use? What are you gonna chase that beer down with? A hot dog, a, glizzy, a cigarette, or a, or a, or a dart. You could chuck darts too. But, Do you crank cranking hoons on Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey. Uh, so gotta have your burgers and dogs. Um. I'm going to move away from, cause I could, I could just keep going like just, you know, a pie eating contest or something lame like that. But I'm going to, I'm going to think out of the box here that one of the best moves on the 4th of July is a nasty sunburn on the shoulders. Yes. Whether, whether you're in the yard playing cornhole or you're sitting in the pool, odds are that you're going to be so hammered celebrating Freeman, uh, Freeman, uh, freedom that, uh, you're, you're going to forget to put sunscreen on. So, 
you know, a, a, an absolute blistering of the shoulders Absolutely. is an absolute must on the 4th of July. The goal is to go, the goal is to go to sleep hammered. So you don't, so you don't realize it. And then you wake up and you're just in a world of pain laying on your back because you just got absolute third degree burns. Yeah. Like hurts to move around in bed because you're like, ow, this is, this is horrific. It's kind of yeah. like going to bed and ha- going to bed at the beach and you're sunburned and you just bring a little bit of sand with you to bed and you're just rolling around. It's like sandpaper. Yep. And, and I forgot to mention, uh, along in my previous one, along with eating hot dogs and hamburgers, you've got to watch Joey chestnut absolutely crush the competition. Yep. Um, yep. So third, third on my Matt Rushmore of things to do on the 4th of July. Okay. Look, we're Americans here. You know, what did we do during, why do we celebrate the 4th of July? Cause we defeated the British. What did we defeat the British with? Guns. guns. You gotta, you gotta bring out all your guns. Look, <laughs> you know, shooting clays firing off blanks i mean i I don't advocate for shooting bullets in the air obviously but i was about to say that is you know is dangerous getting some (laughs) picking up some tannerite okay you know you gotta you gotta create some loud explosions speaking of loud explosions uh an absolute no-brainer is especially if, you, if you're in Virginia sneaking in an absurd amount of fireworks <laughs> that you shoot off and then you get the cops called to your house because uh, you got Karens who apparently don't like freedom at nine 30 at night. Um, that's, this is a, this is a two way street. I mean, a two, like a two parter. The other part's like turn it on PBS and watch it. Like the, uh, the fireworks on the Potomac classic. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised where you're at that you get the cops showing up. I mean, I'm, Definitely in my neighborhood, that'll happen. Uh, that happened to us last last uh, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, I should say. That definitely happened. But um, you know, it's better it's it's better if you out live out in the sticks. But you know, if <laughs> if you're not getting dangerously close to the to the mortars and Roman candles as you're lighting them off, still hammered, then did you did you even do it? Yeah, we, I've got I've got two really solid stories of the, some mortar. Actually, three solid stories. Two of them involve alcohol. One doesn't. I'm gonna just fire up, fire them off really quickly. So back in the day, I had this uh, chocolate lab who loved to eat crap, and uh, so he started chewing on a uh, chewing on a mortar. So we're like, oh, okay, well that's no big deal. Like it's like we didn't lose any of the gunpowder or whatever. So we just uh, we we duct tape it. We put it in the uh, put it in the mortar hole, light it on fire. No, we light the fuse, goes in, nothing. All of a sudden, the uh, the mortar tube falls down and f- just points towards the house. <laughs> Shoots out, explodes. It was shooting sparks into our house because my mom was watching with the window open. That was insane. Another story, uh, we didn't have the mortar tube. So my engineering head decided that it would be, I mean, I could just use a PVC pipe. <clears throat> However. I didn't have anything on the, like I literally had it in the fire pit and I didn't have anything firm on the bottom for the, uh, for the explosion to like pop off of. Oh no. So it literally just like popped like maybe five feet in the air and just landed right back down in the grass and exploded. And then finally another classic was, uh, uh, my dad, uh, George Hobbs or actually, uh, I mean, it might've been one of my uncles, but they, uh, they put the, they put it in upside down. 
Oh, great. <laughs> so, I the backyard is just it, it. We I'm surprised the house is not burned down. Like with the with the amount of misfires we've had with mortars, and that's probably why they're illegal in Virginia is because of idiots like us. Oh yeah, for sure. You gotta you gotta make that uh quick little trip up to Pennsylvania or uh, gross. Yeah, to get your uh, now literally like as soon as you cross over into Pennsylvania, they'll like this time there'll be firework stands all set up for you. Yeah, I think my last one I'm gonna have to go with uh, listening to country music. I mean, while you're at this, while you're at your get together, if say it. if the if the speaker is not bumping, then Turkey I'm Keith. sorry, you need to leave and find a new party. Is there a specific song that needs to be played on Fourth of July? Uh, probably some Toby Keith. Yeah, if you're not playing Courtesy, uh, Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue, it's an absolute must. Yeah. Um. All right, my final one. Yeah, this is tough. It's got to be watching NASCAR. Yeah, it could be watching NASCAR. Um, but I mean I'm not I'm not too much of a fan of the current track. It was great when it was uh when it was I mean, but actually it's ne- it's like rarely on the fourth of July. We're talking about Monday here. There's no no NASCAR Monday. Yeah. Um shall I shall I say uh waking up early and uh pulling a big old zuck and smoking <laughs> the meats. <laughs> Posting on the Instagram story. <laughs> like the the classic like 15 second clip of mark zuckerberg just him and his alien head talking about the uh the ribs on the big guy and the uh the brisket on the on the egg i always i can always count on at least one person to respond and it's always jay just with a mass like it's like literally z u c c c c c c c c c c c and that's it i don't hear from jay again I know, I know that gets posted Memorial Day, Fourth of July, and Labor Day. No, not Labor Day. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yep. Have to. And you know, there's going to be some Danos nearby too. Oh, always, always got to have the Danos. Just like you got to have the root beer. Got to have the Danos. Got to have the root beer. <laughs> got to have that root beer. A <laughs> and W root beer, the best root beer. <laughs> Mug. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, uh, I'm switching out. No, uh, no smoked meats. Number four on Fourth of July, you have to become a mug blooded American. Yes. <laughs> you hear? You got to be a Circle K cashier in Galveston, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So I just uh, I just mentioned it a minute ago. Or do you want to? Okay. We've got two options. We can cut it. We can skip junior motorsports going to Cup. We can skip the uh, skip that uh, hearsay until we get some more concrete news. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about it, or do you want to go straight to our ideal July Fourth location? Mm, let's or should we? On it quick. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. So Kelly uh, Kelly had mentioned it on uh, Sirius XM today. I didn't listen, but I saw people talking about it on Twitter that uh, it's unlikely that they're coming to Cup in 2023. Uh, uh, pass. I'm assuming they're looking at 2024. Um, obviously, I think it's a good move, but a lot of things have to happen first uh, in order for that to happen. I think that the demand for um, for charters is is way too high 
I don't see them jump. Obviously, they're not going to jump into it without a charter. So I think in order for junior motorsports to come to the Cup Series, uh, first of all, uh, Rick Hendrick needs to divest his his uh, his ownership of junior motorsports. That really wouldn't be the biggest deal in the world. Not super tough. Um, but secondly, uh, you know, a, a new manufacturer's got to come in because if they get one more manufacturer, the odds are they're going to bump up the uh, charters to forty, so then you get four more slots. Uh, I know that junior motorsports is not going to be going to Dodge or who Mercedes, Honda, whoever wants to join NASCAR. Uh, they're going to stay with Chevy, but having that next manufacturer is going to you know, open up the, uh, the allotment of, uh, of, uh, of charters. With that being said, I don't think you can keep Noah Gragson in a, in a, in an Xfinity car for another two years. So I think you're going to end up losing Gragson. I don't see him jumping ship to another manufacturer. I think he's going to stay with Chevy. I have a sneaking suspicion that he's going to, he's going to want to, uh, or he's going to end up with colleague in that, uh, in that 16 car. And I, I still think AJ is going to race in, uh, in the cup series. Uh, but I think it's really just going to be a, uh, an uncharted third car. Cause obviously he's got the college's got the skill and they can, uh, they can find a way to qualify. But, uh, yeah, a lot of things have to happen. I, I honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing junior motorsports jump the cup. Uh, but I think, that, you know, where they're at right now with their, uh, they're they're essentially them being the uh, the feeder series to Hendrick Motorsports is is huge, but you know having that next uh, that like you know the the twenty three eleven to Joe Gibbs Racing is is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I think it definitely doesn't make sense for them to jump into it now, uh, especially with things like parts shortages and and uh, cup cars and them still figuring out. Uh, the package and, and this new car and everything like that. Uh, give it some time to marinate. Like you said, 2024 would probably be an ideal time for them to jump into it, especially if a manufacturer, uh, most likely Dodge, does come back to NASCAR because of those extra charters, which is going to be ideal because the charter, like you mentioned, the charters are outrageously expensive. I mean, uh, 2311 paid a lot of money. Uh, colleague and GMS played a lot of money for their charters this past year. Um, so especially with the way they're being dominant in Xfinity Series, um, continuing to hit on that while preparing to enter a cup car um, would be the best thing for them to do. And like you said, either becoming the, the 2311 to Hendrick or something like that. Um, it's going to be tough because, you know, they used to supply Hendrick with with the, you know, or – really Chevy, but Hendrick with the, with the next generation of talent, you know, Chase Elliott and William Byron, but Hendrick's at a point right now where they're so young that they're not looking to replace their drivers anytime soon. So it makes sense for them to now field a cup car because they've got drivers in their pipeline that they don't want to get rid of. I mean, they don't want to lose guys like Josh Berry, Sam Mayer. um, Who else am I thinking of? Gregson. Uh, Yep. Gregson. I think I agree with you. I think Gregson is going to go uh, to college because he's at the point now where he needs to be racing at the cup level. Um, he's just, yeah. he, it's, it's, it would be stunning his growth. I think we're seeing too many guys jump up too quickly, and I feel like he's more deserving of riding cup series. Um, so if you ask me what, what my prediction was, I think in 2024, Stuart Haas moves over to Dodge um, and 
with the new if they introduce new charters, then it would definitely open up the way for junior motorsports to do full time. Yeah, and I think that another just to touch on uh, Gregson real quick. I'm interested to see what sponsor he's going to pull up to to Colleague. Is he is he going to rock the uh, you know the the assortment of Colleague sponsors, or is he going to bring over you know, Black Rifle Coffee? I don't think I don't see Bass Pro Shops sponsoring a third uh, Cup car with three different teams. So I think the Bass Pro Shops will probably stay with Junior Motorsports in that nine car, whichever car. So I, I think. All right, the sponsorship really hinges on that. But um, all right, so I do want to save some more of that talk for next time Josh is on the show because I know he's a big, uh, big junior motorsports guy. So the final topic of the day is at least my disdain for a road course race on the Fourth of July. Obviously, the fans show up; that's great. Uh, but for TV wise, I, it's something just doesn't feel right about a road course race on the Fourth of July. Um, obviously feels at home when we're at Daytona, but I like where Daytona is positioned now being the cutoff race. So real quick, if you could pick one track to switch with road America, which track would it be for the 4th of July? Well, I'd have to say, um, you know, as far as like geographical goes and just like what market would be one of the best, I'd have to say somewhere like somewhere like Texas, um just Ooh. because you think of texas but at the same time the racing there has been so awful that i i wouldn't want to stain the weekend with a bad performance <laughs> on track i feel like the thing i do like about road america being on the fourth of july weekend is it's you know you're getting into the hot part of summer and you're still and you're you know you're up north where it's where it's not as humid and stuff like that so it makes it enjoyable for the fans I feel like, honestly, uh, some staying with that mid, you know, not real, I don't know, Midwest or just kind of central theme going with a track like bring back Chicago land, you know, yep. do that on the 4th of July, uh, even Gateway, you know, that that would be a, a decent uh, option there or Nashville. One of those three, I feel like would be solid options. Yeah, I think a night race is definitely ideal too. Uh, Chicago land night would be fantastic, but I'm gonna have to go with, uh, you know, we talked about how iconic Daytona was when it was uh, the Coke Zero, uh, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 at uh, at Daytona. So why not just take Daytona Junior at in Atlanta, put it, uh, make it a night race, and set it to Fourth of July weekend? I can't yeah. believe they didn't do it this year, but I can get behind uh, that for sure. That would be that would be a ton of fun. I just feel like the Fourth of July weekend should definitely be a night race. Absolutely, it absolutely should. Um, run it on. It should be the Saturday. A night race on Fourth of July weekend. Um, it should definitely, absolutely, uh, be a night race, and and that's a good point because Atlanta is, I think Atlanta is turning into one of the next uh, really exciting tracks. You know, I was a little skeptical of it, but you know, it, was, it put on a good show, and I think people are going to be excited about it. They're doing a lot with the track as far as the venue goes. Uh, I think in a couple weeks they're hosting. Uh, concert festival as well alongside with that nascar race so yeah um i'd, I'd love the chance to go to atlanta soon more more flow rider oh yeah flow rider anything could happen during the second half of the nascar season experience the thrills the drama and the acceleration uh, on the nbc family of networks 
the push for the playoffs continues this weekend at Road America, Sunday, July 3rd at 2 p.m. Central, only on USA Network. Jay, who's your dark horse and who you got winning this weekend at Road America? Dark horse, you know, I feel like there's actually a lot of good, solid dark horses at a road course. Um, there's always uh, there's always guys you don't necessarily suspect who can run really well at the road course. I mean, look at Chris Busher last time we were at a road course. Um, so as far as the dark horses go, um, I'm really I'm, I would keep an eye on Austin Sindrick. Um, you know, he's proven to be a really good uh, road course racer, uh, especially with IMSA experience as well as the fact that, you know, uh, he's he has probably more Road America experience than a lot of people in the field do. A lot of the seasoned veterans who haven't raced Xfinity in a while. Um, so he's going to be my dark horse for this weekend. And then my race winner, um, you know, it, it's probably predictable, but I'm going to go with uh, Chase Elliott. He's just, I mean, he was, mix, he was in the mix for the win uh, at Sonoma. Um, I don't see why he won't be in follow-up with a repeat at Road America. All right. <clears throat> My dark horse, I'm going to go with A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, you know, I haven't really been impressed with college colleagues' performance this year. I think they've, they've really just kind of been lackluster. And, you know, places where they, I'd expect them to be killer is road courses, and we're you know, this will be our uh, third one of the season. And, you know, they just really haven't impressed me so far. But, you know, AJ is an absolute – he's a dog on the road courses. So, um, I, I'm going to take him as my dark horse. Uh, you know, I think uh, – I w- obviously, I think Chase Elliott is definitely I- – I think Chase Elliott's going to win the race. And, you know, in the spirit of not picking the same guy as you, I'm going to go with uh, Mark Trix Jr. Um, you know, he's been inching closer and closer – you know, he's got some momentum on his side with, uh, you know, him announcing that he's coming back next season. Um, he's, you know, not, he's pretty solid at road courses. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take him, but we're going to have to, uh, wait and find out. But, uh, this Sunday, July 3rd, 2 PM central on USA network. It's NASCAR. It's the NASCAR cup series at road America. Watch it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. We'll see y'all next week on Tuesday. It's the Wall Podcast. Adios.